This podcast is proudly part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. If you'd like to check out more Kaiju and Tokusatsu goodness, go to kaijuramenmedia.com. Standing by. Complete. Greetings, heroes of the internet. I'm Travis. And I'm Nathan. And we are the Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. In this installment, we will be discussing Kamen Rider episodes 44 and 45. Graveyard Monster Kabibinga! Hakaba no Kaijin Kabibinga! The Moldy Monster Moldinga uses his fungus to control kidnapped twin girls and lead Team Kamen Rider into a deadly trap. Can our heroes break his corruptive influence in time to save the children? Hey Travis, it's been a while, hasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, it has. It has been a while. Well, actually, no, it hasn't <laughs> been a while because we just did the uh, Power Rangers power trip common Rider crossover thing that, from the other day. Well, yes, but we, we getting back into the common Rider routine has been a little bit challenging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And to be fair, uh, be, these episodes we were supposed to be covering like a month ago and we watched a month them ago a month ago <laughs> and uh and yeah i i life I, happened <laughs> i forgot what actually happened in these episodes <laughs> <laughs> we had notes and everything ready but like i said life happened and we didn't get around to recording them so then we had to rewatch them <laughs> yeah, I had to remind myself what happened because I'm like, I even looking at my notes, I'm like, I have no idea. I have no idea what in the world's going on. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I'm pro- I'm going to be going through my notes here and just just be trying to like, what was uh, what was I thinking about? <laughs> this was. <laughs> yeah. All well, going on. And I know I what remember my, now. I know what my first note was about. My first note that I wrote down was Night of the Living Mold. <laughs> okay. Okay. Moldinga, Kabibinga, however you want to say his name. Good grief. This might be. Th- this guy is up there with scariest Kaijin from Shocker. Or at the very least, he sounds the scariest. Like. I'm not kidding you. If I heard this guy in a dark alley in the middle of the night, I probably would need to change my pants. (laughs) (laughs) I love that he comes up out of a grave too. Like at a, at a graveyard, he just bursts forth from a grave and it's like, just uh, what an entrance there is. there, uh, There hasn't been a better entrance for a Kaijin of the week than this yeah they're really leaning into the gothic horror 
here. And I it it's he's I think he's supposed to be a fungus monster, not necessarily a mushroom monster, even though I kind of joked just like this. So we have more death mushrooms. If you want to start your metal band, there you go, death <laughs> mushroom. But <laughs> but he's a fungus monster. And, but here's the funny thing. I, as part of my research for Matango, which was a horror film made in Japan by Ashira Honda and Toho and all of them back in the early 60s, which was about mushrooms. I know that sounds silly, but it's one of the best Japanese horror movies you'll see. Uh, one of the essays that I read about that said that it was it, mushrooms were very appropriate for what was being discussed in that film thematically because fungus was symbolic of corruption and uh, decay, particularly moral decay. And that's a big theme in that movie. So I think that actually contributed to what makes Moldinga Kabibinga so scary in this episode. Right. And it makes sense because uh, especially with the huge influence that uh, Shintoism has on Japanese culture, in Shintoism and, and in Japanese culture just at large, the idea of cleanliness and purity is really mm -hmm. important. And those two things go hand in hand, purity and cleanliness. And so mold, mm -hmm. which is kind of you know what this monster is based around, is just kind of mold, is is mm -hmm. viewed as kind of a corruption, a, a, a corrupting influence. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. he is a very scary monster. Mm -hmm. It's also symbolic of death. Because mold accrues on dead things or things that are dying. And literally, again, he busts out of a grave in a graveyard. Uh-huh. <laughs> if it wasn't obvious <laughs> that he is all about decay. I mean, I even were, I mean, it's, I, I called his attack instant Matongo. You know, it's weaponized mold. You know, it's, which is actually kind of terrifying. I have to say this show, as we've been pointing out numerous times, is fond of these kind of weird death scenes where people either melt or dissolve or turn into bead necklaces. Yep. <laughs> and in this one, it's, it's a simple trick, but all they do is they just keep covering them with more and more like these little jump cuts and they keep covering them with more and more mold props. And I'm like, I know that that's a prop, but it's effective. <laughs> but they also they also do a kind of a dissolving effect, too, because when mm -hmm. when this, they deflate well, also in when the monster attacks, when the Kaijin attacks the two runners later on in the episode to test out like his his uh deadly mold they literally dissolve like away from all mm -hmm. the mold and it is it is a really good effect like you said we have seen dissolving effects and i think this one might actually be the best one we have seen so far mhm mm mhm mm mhm i uh, i have to agree with you there so yes i'm actually a pretty big fan of I'm just going to say Moldinga just because I'm so proud of my alliteration from the plot synopsis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Moldy monster Moldinga. So I'm just going to stick with that name because I think that's actually what they use in the episode as well, at least in the subtitles. And you know what? If this episode wasn't creepy enough, we have another creepy element in the fact that we have twins. Creepy, <laughs> murderous, <laughs> twin little girls. Who can't act. <laughs> oh the, yeah yeah i mean they're they, they're 
they're doing their best. They're little kids. Yeah. But uh, their crying scenes are unintentionally funny. <laughs> I'm acting right now. <laughs> and I don't we want to get... be mean to these girls, but still. Yeah. We get more twin common kennies. Well, yeah, we <laughs> get we tenderous. get <laughs> we get twin common kennies, but we also get more brainwashing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I have so okay. I am officially, I think I, I even texted this to you this week. I said, I am officially bored with, what was it? Mind control and attempted child murder or something like that. Right, yeah. I, I remember. Child soldiers. It's like the, <laughs> child soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so bored of this now. And I'm just, <laughs> which I know sounds terrible, but I'm just, come on. This is what the this is like eight episodes in a row now where it's basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I do like and I, and I know this is jumping ahead because we're going to talk about it in our next episode. But uh, the powers that we've been building up to with uh, Dr. Shinigami using like these hypnosis mental powers do pay off in in some ways in future episodes. So. Yes, yeah, yes, they do. But uh, he seems to have to do it slightly differently every episode. And this one, he needs a candle and dramatic lighting to turn them into more children of the shockhorn. <laughs> you gotta love Ooh. Dr. Shinigami's just flourish. Like he just his his use of just the the drama and his like uh what do you call it? His 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 love of theatrics. There we go. His oh love yes of, yes his histrionics. Yeah. <laughs> they they are just so great. I mean, like as much as I am with you, I really am tired of the whole brainwashing thing. I still just love Doctor Shinigami so much because he is so good. Yeah, I'm trying to. We were talking about Batman actually a little bit before we went on the air, and <laughs> now I'm just thinking of one of those lines from Batman Begins. It's like, what was it? Uh, theatricality and deception are powerful agents yeah yeah that's it and uh oh yeah and then later on he's like i see you took my note about theatricality quite literally <laughs> <laughs> yes that's great but yeah so so dr shinigami is definitely one for the theatrics and i love it i mean i mean we knew that as soon as he showed up on the show with the, the I mean, cape and I the, mean, the costume. dude gets his fashion sense from bella lugosi so <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah i love it but yes the hypnotic powers that he has and just oh man it's great but i had a note here for when the twins show up or when one of the twins takes Taki into the graveyard and I just keep I had it written down as come play with us Taki forever <laughs> and ever and ever <laughs> that is very true <laughs> there is something to be said there is something to be said we were talking about moldinga and mold being symbolic of corruption there's something to be said about corrupting children that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you know, this is the one time I have talked about it in, in past episodes, how much I love that Hayato will always 
believe the children whenever the children say they've seen a monster everybody's like oh you're just being silly and he's like no no they we need to believe them and this is the one time it doesn't pay off for him because come to find out (laughs) she was lying this is the one this is the one time taking our friend kaiju kim's advice for the children it was a bad idea (laughs) For the children, and I am I'm watching this as because uh, because the the scene what happens is one of the girls goes and takes Taki and Hayato to the graveyard, and the other girl sneaks back to the Tachibana Racing Club. Them not realizing that there's twins, so they think it's the same girl, and she brings them a gift of cookies. And I keep yelling at the screen while I'm watching this. Don't eat the moldy cookies. Don't eat the moldy cookies. <laughs> but it was too late. They ate the moldy cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you sh- they should have known something was up because uh, this is fresh in my mind because I just recorded an episode of the Film Vault on Mothra 1961. But twins are very rare in Japan. So the fact, especially identical twins. So the fact that we have these, well, that's probably why they didn't think anything of it because they're like twins. Yeah, there right. aren't very many of those. Yeah, <laughs> not here anyway. And uh, and as soon as the the team rider, the 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 Tachibana Racing Club eats the moldy cookies, they pass out, and the moldy oh. cookies start to grow. And as they grow, the disco lighting kicks in yeah I, I i was just i wrote i was looking at my notes I'm like what was i referring to i think it's that scene but i thought they were donuts so i wrote down donuts of deadly disco lighting <laughs> donuts of <laughs> deadly disco lighting <laughs> i like that <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like the title of an album donuts of deadly disco lighting <laughs> donuts of the deadly disco (laughs) (laughs) and then of course as they're as taki and hayata were uh, are walking through the graveyard you have the one girl who is still brainwashed and she takes a sword and tries to stab oh my god taki (laughs) if they tried to air this show in the u.s they would have edited that out because they're like, no, children cannot attempt murder. What are you doing? It's mind control. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think another thing they probably would have uh, cut out is uh, something that you're going to have in your awards. So, uh... yes. <laughs> <laughs> this show, this show, 70s tokusatsu, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. 70s toku shows are nuts. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, did you also like the part where Hayato chiropracted a guy awake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, huh? <laughs> You're just making crap up now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. So, so there's, we know that the Tachibana club has passed out. We have the mold, the evil mold, the, the killer mold that's growing all around <laughs> evil them. Mold. Then, oh, my, there's a character on the film vault who would have lost his mind over this. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Dr. Dorif. <laughs> but when Hayato, uh, I think it's Hayato. Was it Hayato or Taki? When he gets there and they, and they uh, go to rescue them by killing the mold, they just pour oil all over the place because that's what's <laughs> going to kill the mold. I think it was, I want to say it was Taki who figured that out. 
Yeah, okay, it was Taki, because I, I was trying to remember which one it was. And all I could think is like, yeah, sure, that's going to make the room a lot more safer. Just pour this flammable oil all over the place, <laughs> just on the furniture, on the floor, you know, everywhere. That's that's just, the room is much safer now. Yeah, this is officially a non-smoking room. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Not that I've seen any, well, no. No, I was going to say, oh, I haven't seen anybody smoking there. Actually, Tachibana. Tachibana <laughs> smokes pipe. Tachibana smokes all the time in the show. He's <laughs> a smokestack. You were like, well, I guess I'm giving up smoking, at least yep. in my workplace. Yep. I'm going outside. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So I dropped yeah. that lighter. Oh boy! <laughs> I also I'm looking at my notes here. I wrote down death by fluffiness. <laughs> yeah, because the mold is because very the, fluffy. The mold pro the mold props just look like just look like colored cotton or something. <laughs> uh huh. It does death by fluffiness. Although you want to know about something that happened in this episode that came perilously close to getting the WTH award. Because I'm like, oh, come the frick on. Okay. Okay. This is an, this is an example of the show being like, here's a, well, we wrote ourselves into a corner. We got to have the narrator say, uh, save this plot point. But <laughs> Hayato goes over to a certain spot and there is a, there is a bomb planted there. They blow him up. But then the next, but the next thing we know is the narrator saying, "Well, don't worry. The explosion threw him into the air, and then he transformed while that was going on." Oh yeah. Although I did really like the explosion. I thought the explosion effect was really good. The explosion good. was cool, but I'm like, "Oh crap! How did Hayato survive that?" I was like, "And the explosion threw him into the air, and he henchin." I'm like, "Okay." Plot armor. <laughs> Plot armor. Although I did like that when he landed, he he fixes his uh, his ascot. Like, dang it. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a great moment. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, man, screwed up my ascot. Okay, <laughs> it's kind of like that scene in uh, it was it was one of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. I think it was a uh, Quantum of Solace when the train gets ripped up right behind. James right. Bond and he just fixes his tie and keeps going. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> How fortunate for everybody in or, or for the creators of this show that they were able to find a graveyard that's conveniently near a quarry for the final battle. <laughs> oh my gosh, all the endless quarries. <laughs> It's like there's a graveyard, but yet the final battle is still in a quarry. <laughs> you're never gonna look at quarries the same ever again are you how many quarries are there <laughs> yeah you're gonna drive by a quarry and be waiting for uh, you know like a monster to show up and a superhero to fight him that's <laughs> yeah exactly to blow up <laughs> yeah you're gonna drive by and like i'm disappointed there was no fight at the quarry today <laughs> no no common rider no power rangers nothing <laughs> <laughs> no doctor who they had that that happened to doctor who a lot too <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> oh man but yeah i think that 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 kind of does it for all my notes on this episode i i it's yeah, so i weird. had a few more but 
I had a few more, but they're it's nothing all that important. Just things like cool things. I mean, noticing cool things like dual wield swords, and so, like, we had another slow fall down a hill before blowing up. Yes, kind of like with yep. Bodan, and yep. <laughs> and then it, when he died, but then when he dies, all the mold magically disappears. I'm like, okay, sure, <laughs> that trope, <laughs> convenient. Oh, and the right on tummy. We had the rider dummy again. Yes, we had the rider dummy. I, you would pay, you would pay all kinds of money to have one of those rider dummy props, wouldn't you? I bet you would. Oh yeah, <laughs> you would put it on full display. Just have it hanging in my room somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wake up every morning and punch it in the face. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah this this was actually a really fun episode. I know we are kind of speeding through, and a big reason for that is because uh, this, like I said, that we we were supposed to cover this a while back, and we're just kind of like re- refreshing ourselves on on everything that we watched and all of our notes. But uh, uh-huh. but I did I did thoroughly enjoy this episode, even if it seems like we're rushing yeah. through it. Yeah, it's yeah. I like this episode. I like this episode a lot. It's a little bit. It's got some of that campy charm that the that this show has. But like I said, Moldinga is a great kaijin. Like I said, yeah, I would be terrified if I heard him in the middle yeah. of the night. Moldinga is a great kaijin. Uh, I think they did a really great job with the tokusatsu effects in it, and uh, having the set piece be the main set piece anyway be a graveyard uh was very you know different than what we've had in previous episodes so this this episode was really good but now we can move on to the next episode so transition the monstrous namekujira's gas explosion plan Kaijin Nemekujiro no Gasu Bakuhatsu Sakusen. A scientist invents an advanced computer brain, so Shocker sends the Kaijin Slugzilla to steal it. They also kidnap the inventor's daughter and hypnotize her to use her as a pawn and hostage. Can Kamen Rider save the girl and stop Shocker's evil plan? Travis, how did Toei not get sued over this thing? Uh, so... Are you, when you're referring to that, are you talking about the English translation name or the Japanese name? The English translation name. And I want to know whose idea was it to translate it like this. Because I mean, Namekujira is perfectly fine, but it comes out Slugzilla, and I think I know why. Okay, so, Jira, Gojira. <laughs> well, okay, no, so here's the thing. So, so... Japanese, uh, the Japanese language, the way it works, um, they use a lot of portmanteaus, you know, what we would consider portmanteaus. Mm-hmm. They just combine a lot of words. So Gojira for Godzilla, the, the word, is a portmanteau of Gorilla and Kujira, which is go- uh, gorilla and whale. So the uh-huh. word Godzilla, Gojira, is, is basically gorilla whale. This is... Namek, which is slug, and Kujira, slug whale. Ah. Now. Makes a little bit more sense, but it's still weird. Also, for those of you who are thinking, I think I've heard the word Namek before. Yes. If you grew up watching Dragon Ball Z, you have. 
You have, yeah, yeah, and and they use the names for a lot of the Namekian characters, which is what Piccolo, the green guy with the antennas, uh, his race of aliens. A lot of their naming conventions is around is around slugs and snails and things like that. So, mm-hmm. except it, for Piccolo, except for Piccolo, but that's 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 because Piccolo was named before they established that they were aliens from another planet. <laughs> Cause he was yes. named way yeah. back in dragon ball. Yeah. Yeah. Dragon ball Z naming conventions are kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, Piccolo Piccolo's not named after a pickle. He's named after the, the instrument Piccolo because all of, Oh, Piccolo's, that's true. All of Piccolo's children in the original dragon ball were named after instruments. You had symbol drum, uh, I forget the rest of them. Yeah. I remember symbol and drum. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but that's not important. We're talking, so I guess that makes more sense now. The Mekujira Slugzilla. I still right. don't know how the how that's the official translation, and they still didn't get sued because Toho's a little nuts about just even if you just use the suffix Zilla, they freak out a little bit. Yeah, I, like, uh, was it like Jobzilla? They actually that was a a job hunting board. They actually sued them for using it. It's just. It's not. So every time I see Zilla show up in anything, I'm like, how much did they pay to use that? Or how long can they get away with it? <laughs> I think legally you can use Zilla and even Godzilla um, because with, or at least in the U.S., the way that copyright and trademarks are is that if a character or a or a movie or something is big enough to be a part of the fabric of our culture, like part of pop culture, then it can be mm-hmm. referenced. It's why you can reference Superman and not get sued by DC because mm-hmm. Superman is just part of our pop culture enough that we can say it without having to worry about getting mm-hmm. sued. Mm-hmm. Well, and also the term Superman is not original to DC. They stole that from Nietzsche. Yeah. Well, yeah. The Uber Minch. Um, the Ubermensch, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I thought it was. I thought they were actually really creative in translating this to Slugzilla because yeah. they could have yeah, just yeah. Slu- translated it as Slug Slug Man or Slug Killer, you know. But but the fact that I'm a, actually a little surprised they didn't just leave the name alone. They've done that for a lot of these kaijin. Yeah, they have. But I thought that was neat that they because Kujira is a part of. Godzilla's Gojira, uh, the mm-hmm. origin of that name, they actually included it into the origin, the English version of the name. So I thought, that, I, I don't know. I thought I was on the side of, I thought it was neat. I, you know, knowing that I'm impressed. Congratulations. You've, uh, you've enlightened me and I like it. Now I do have to say, why are we again, experimenting on animals (laughs) except this time it's not shocker it's not shocker it's the good guys well well, hongo did it at one point guys yeah just like i don't get i I know we'll get into that i think i think we'll get into that a little bit more with the awards but i do want to bring this up at least right now cyber (laughs) lepus 
I was thinking, I was, I was like, you know, you know, the, the quote from Archer, I was thinking the same thing. Like we're going to put this computer chip, uh, into, or well, it's not called a computer chip. It's called a computer brain. Okay. A computer brain. (laughs) I guess, I guess microchips didn't exist at this time. Um, but we're going, (laughs) we're going to put this inside of a rabbit. and, And all I was thinking was that, that, that quote from Archer and I had just fudged it up a little bit, but say, do you want a night of the lepus? Because this is how we get a Night of the Lepus. <laughs> you and I are bonded forever over that movie. You realize the, that? <laughs> yes, the Night of the Lepus. Like, for those just... who don't know, for those who don't know, Night of the Lepus, it was no joke. It was an early 70s horror movie. I'm not kidding you. It took itself deadly seriously. Starring DeForest Kelly of Star Trek fame. And it's about giant killer bunnies not just deforest kelly you had janet lee in there too from psycho <laughs> yeah yeah it took itself very seriously and the reason why why when we when travis and i talk about it is because trav that was the first time that you had me on kaiju weekly to review a movie it wasn't my first time on the show but it was the first time you had me on to review a movie and it was just the two of us <laughs> yeah yeah. And we had a heck of a time. <laughs> it this episode, I I feel like they intentionally I, I a lot of times the the campiness is sort of unintentional because of the just the the time period and how dated everything is. But I feel like the campiness and the silliness in this episode that we're talking about this uh right here was extremely intentional because you have these two idiot uh, thieves who I who I refer to as the wet bandits, like from from uh, from Home Alone, uh, Abbott and Costello. <laughs> yes, who are trying to steal this thing at the sa- this this microchip or computer brain uh, at the same <laughs> time, <Computer> brain, <laughs> or at the same time that Shocker is trying to steal it to make their monsters smarter. I guess. <laughs> I, I wrote in my notes is like he needs a computer brain for better kaijin if anything that scientist is catching up with shocker <laughs> yeah so yeah it it's it, and and the the humor that these two thieves bring to this episode it's so crazy they are so over the top in their acting and their their you know when they mm-hmm. when they they're breaking into the room and they confront they're confronted with slugzilla and i'm just like i i put down zoinks it's slugzilla <laughs> oh yeah it felt very scooby-doo-ish didn't it it is I mean, so much one of the ba- i i almost gave this uh, gave them the award for common this week but but it didn't get about i'll mention it anyway they had one of the funnier lines in this which was he says we're going to die we better run quick yeah (laughs) oh it's funny because it's such an understatement (laughs) yeah exactly and and it and it turns into a benny hill uh sketch for a moment where they're just like (laughs) be chased and they're just like as they're running from the the shocker well, yeah goons. but they were also play they were also playing that was juxtaposed with scary music so i'm like what it, yeah it's great I, I think you're having a bit of an identity crisis here show 
<laughs> oh man, it was it was such a it's such a crazy episode. It is. I, I, although I have a feeling if Subaraya, A.G. Subaraya was still around, he would have loved this because he had a weird thing for slug monsters. Yeah. <laughs> like you watch the ultra shows. There are there's at least one slug monster in every single one he worked on. <laughs> yeah. The slug monster looks cool, though. Like Slugzilla actually it has does. Slugzilla a, does look pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's really, really uh, a cool looking Kaijin. Like, I can see that design being used in a more modern tokusatsu. Like, I don't think it was, I don't think it's as as dated as some of the other monsters that we've seen in previous episodes. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Musasa Bito is a classic. <laughs> or or B-Woman. <laughs> B-Woman. Can you imagine the mad mind of Keita Amemia reimagining Musasa Pino? Oh, God. I really, really want someone to redesign Musasa Pino as a modern Make monster. him even more metal. <laughs> Make him even more metal. <laughs> <laughs> metal. Anyway, Musasa... We're moving on from Masasa Bito. But <laughs> although Masasa, uh, not Masasa Bito, Slugzilla starts a new trend now with the Shocker Kaijin, Deadly Spit. <laughs> well, we, we've definitely had Deadly Spit before, but we do have yeah, a, think... we have a run of like four or five Kaijin in a row that's going to have Deadly Spit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, like, I, I think it was, while I was watching it this time, just going through the show, I'm like, I feel like this is a new trend now. <laughs> it's nah, not we... fire anymore. It's Deadly Spit. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but now, and then we get, oh, good Lord, more mind control. More, more freaking mind control and child soldiers and oh, oh okay gosh, i have a note here that just says stop trusting when kids hand you things <laughs> every <laughs> time a kid point, hands you something it's a bad yeah, idea the, at this point at this point the only child they should trust is goro and even he's suspect because he's been mind controlled at least twice at this point <laughs> I like I like that uh, they were smart enough to know that they had that there was something wrong with the things that they that they were given. What was it they were that they were handed? Was it cookies or candies or chocolates or something? Yeah, something like that. I'm trying to find it. Apparently, I did not make a note about that. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't either. So they were smart enough to know that they were they were bad news, but they <laughs> they didn't realize that it was just tranquilizer. And Goro ate one <laughs> and passes out. And they're like, oh, it's just tranquilizer. What? You didn't know? You, 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 you didn't know. He could be dead. He could have died. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, but then Taki's like, good thing I have my handy dandy FBI antidote. Exactly. <laughs> like, because this FBI issue, it works on everything. <laughs> they were smart enough to be suspicious of them, but not smart enough to think that, oh, these might actually be poisoned. And they then just Goro eats something eats it and passes out. Uh, also, I stand corrected. I look back at my notes. Oh, wait, the computer brain lets Slugzilla breathe fire. Oh, yes. <laughs> Whoops. 
Yeah. <laughs> Forgot yep. about that. So apparently, so there you go, kids. Here's your takeaway from Henshin Men this week. Get a microchip, Get find a slug, put the microchip in his brain, and you will have a fire-breathing slug. Not a microchip, a computer brain. Well, but for a regular size slug, you need to have a microchip. Well, yeah, that's true. So that's true. Just, so take just take the phone the... apart, find a just... microchip, stuff it in the slug's ear, instant fire breathing. Just take an SD card and out of out of like a <laughs> camera. Micro SD card, stick it in its head. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. This is why mom's groups don't trust Tokusatsu. <laughs> <laughs> I think they have they have like trouble at, during the like scene to put the computer brain into Slugzilla. They're like struggling to implant it. And I have a note that says, "We can't find his brain to put the computer brain in." <laughs> <laughs> Also, I ha- this be- this episode begs a very important question, Travis. So you need to tell me something. I need you to help me here because I've only watched a few more episodes ahead. Is Dr. Shinigami crippled or lazy? Because he's getting pushed around in a wheelchair this episode. I keep thinking the same thing every time I watch a, no- a new episode <laughs> because I'm like, okay, he's going up and down stairs in this episode, but in the next episode, he's in a wheelchair. And then in the next episode, he's up and moving around again. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I just I just have to know is are you Professor X <laughs> or uh, or is this wheelchair your mobile throne? I just just explain that to me. I could go with either one, but you have well, to tell me which one. <laughs> He does have the mental power, so maybe he is more Professor X. I mean, that could have been interesting. Like, I don't know, maybe he got into a tussle with Common Rider, and you know, now he's paralyzed from the waist down or something like that. But okay, I mean, I think I think he's actually push me. I think he's supposed to be like a lot older than what what the actual actor uh, is in in this. Like, I think he's supposed to be a really <laughs> poor old Amamoto. Man. He got typecast as old guys. <laughs> yeah, but not even like not even old guys. Like he was even when he wasn't actually that old, he was typecast as much older guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Doctor Who is. <laughs> I think he's supposed to be an old mad scientist too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also get a new writer move in this, or I guess it's a new writer. I don't remember if we've seen this one yet, which is writer double throw. Yeah. We, it's double throw. Yeah. We've seen a right. writer throw before, but not a double throw. <laughs> and I have a note here that says, oh, yeah, that seems safe. Just blowing up the Kaijin right near those big tanks of gas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know oh, yeah, why. Totally a good idea. <laughs> I don't know why. I, it's a trend in all of these things that I am the one that just points out, like, the, the health and safety violations in all of these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, if I didn't know any better, I would think you worked for OSHA. <laughs> 
I just keep like, yeah, that seems safe. Just let's let's just pour gasoline all over the place, or or yeah. Oh man, setting up pyrotechnics oh, near a gas tank. That's great. <laughs> can you imagine if there was a, a, an OSHA for superheroes and supervillains? Oh God! You know, well, we've definitely we've seen stuff like that in American comics. You know, where where you see like the people who handle like the everyday aftermath of the superhero fights with the supervillain, like yeah, damage, uh, damage control. control, right? Yeah, I would love to have a Japanese version of that in in one of the Tokusatsu franchises, like Common Rider or Super Sentai. <laughs> I just imagine them all sitting there being like, "Oh boy, they're at it again." Yeah. <laughs> again, what was it this? What was it this time? Well, apparently the monster got big, so they brought in the giant robots. Oh, I hate it when they get the giant robots. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you you can only blow up that mountain so many times. I don't know how that that robot keeps hiding in there. I just I, and don't get me started about the Angel Grove Warehouse District. I mean, I'm surprised <laughs> there's anything left. <laughs> And this common writer guy, I, one of these days he's going to blow up an entire factory because he keeps <laughs> doing this thing where he throws the monster and it spontaneously, not combust, combustion I can handle, but spontaneously explodes. Let me just tell a, you. <laughs> just a bunch of angry Japanese construction workers who have to constantly rebuild everything after the heroes destroy it. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, if... Tokusatsu and kaiju films have taught us anything. It's that the Japanese are like that. They can rebuild anything in five minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> so, yeah. This this episode, again, we're kind of rushing through it a little bit. But but it's this was a lot of fun. It was a really fun episode. So uh, we had the, the, the two silly... Like I said, I think the, this episode, more than any of the other episodes, this one seems like intentionally campy whereas the other ones are yeah. unintentionally campy but this one just feels like they really dialed up the campiness to be to to yeah. be more comedic yeah yeah uh, the only other note that i'm gonna uh, bring up right here other than apparently i thought there was some teleportation again it's been a while since i wrote these notes so i just wrote teleportation i'm like oh okay. yeah the shocker <laughs> goons can one of the fit no i think the it was when Common Rider did one of his flips. I'm like, he changed locations completely in that. Oh, joke. yeah. I, I'm guessing that's what it was. The only other thing, uh, I have this written down. I think I remember what scene this was. I think this was Taki, but it sounds very much like a Mike Nelson MST3K line or riff tracks. He said, sure, stuff yourself in the trunk of the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, I think it's time to move on to our awards for this week. Yay! So these are little awards that we hand out to some of the more standout elements of the episodes or as has been the case for the last month while you were taking some time off, Travis, the film that we just covered in today's episode, starting with the Henshin Kick for the best stunt or fight scene since we're finally getting back into the common groove, Travis. What I'll let you go first. Okay. Well, mine is uh, just overall the sword fighting that they had in the shrine uh, in the in the Moldinga mm -hmm. episode. Um, I really liked it. I liked the swashbuckling element of it, and it just felt like it was. 
it was choreographed a little bit better than some of the fight scenes and, and sword fighting mm-hmm. scenes that we've seen in, in uh, some of the other episodes. So I really just liked that whole fight scene there in the shrine. Mm-hmm. From the same episode along similar lines, I had I wrote I wrote it down as double dual wield swords because it was Kamen Rider and Moldinga both dual wielding swords and dueling. And so that's just exciting. That's just incredibly exciting. And the funny, fun fact, I found this out. The that is very much a movie and theater thing because even the best swordsman in the world in real life can't do that. (laughs) They can't do a wheel. It's incredibly (laughs) difficult and it only works when it's choreographed. So, like I said, that was pretty good. Now, admittedly, it's, Moldinga getting away from his usual shtick with the with the death fungus. There's another band name for you, death fungus. But <laughs> but still, you know, it, it was cool. Can't get you can't deny that. All right, so next we have Takatoku for the best special effects. Uh, yeah, mine is I, I actually I, I was struggling to pick one because there was a few really good uh, special effects and tokusatsu in this in these two episodes. But I think that Slugzilla flattening himself out to like paper ah, yes. thin and sliding under the door to sneak into the room where the, the computer brain was stored so that he could steal it. That was just such a neat little moment in this and a neat effect of just having this, the you know, the creature just slip under the door, kind of Mr. Fantastic style. Oh, yeah. S- uh, similarly, well, not really that similarly. I went with the Moldinga suit. I think it looks pretty cool. It has one of those problems that we've talked about before. Uh, it's more obvious here where you can definitely see where the actor's actual skin is because the eye holes don't completely cover it. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing in this case. I, I think it actually makes him just a tiny bit scarier. And, and you can like tell, I said, the whole thing was pretty cool. Yeah. And you can tell that they put like basically that the mold that's growing on him is is just basically sponge, green colored sponge. But mm-hmm. that is a, that is kind of what mold looks like or certain you know types uh-huh. of mold. Uh, so it's not far off from what real mold kind of looks like. So I, you know, even though it, it is just obviously sponge, it's, it's still a good, it's still a good use of the, of the cheaper effects to make it look, uh, realistic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And next we have coming at you for the best line. What did you have? Okay. So <laughs> there's a moment in that first episode where they they're talking to the little girl and she's describing where she saw the monster at and she says it's it's at the graveyard and Hayato who's supposed to be really smart says a graveyard near the graveyard <laughs> And I'm sure that it's just a translation error, but the fact that it's written out like that, even in the subtitles, was so funny to me that I had to write it down and be like, that is my favorite line from this whole thing. Because it's like, a graveyard? Near the graveyard? (laughs) You're supposed to be smart! (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've already established that this show has a memory problem. (laughs) True. (laughs) 
True. Actually, I think it was in this episode. I was. It was this episode. I just remembered that. I texted you. I screenshot it and texted you this. I said, I think this show has a memory problem because I think it was in the Moldinga episode because our heroes were like, oh, my gosh, shocker, stooping to using children. I'm like, did you forget? All of the episodes where that's happened. <laughs> all of the episodes that they've used children before. Yeah, th- yeah, that all fell into the same memory hole with Taki's wife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, mine is a Moldinga line. One of the cooler sounding villain lines that we had in uh, this week's episodes, which was, I swear it will be my ears that hear writer's final scream. (laughs) 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 And this is coming on the heels of him getting scolded by Dr. Shinigami for failing. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) And then he tells, then Dr. Shinigami says, I will let you live, but kill the minions who failed. (laughs) exactly that makes sense <laughs> priorities <laughs> all right and now on to my favorite award wth what the head shin for the craziest moment all right unload trav unload <laughs> yes because i have been holding this in this whole time peter rabbit got flung across the room <laughs> cyber leapus Cyberbunny. What the heck is with this? Uh, they put they put this the chip, the computer brain, in this rabbit, <laughs> and then now the rabbit can understand human speech. That's a whole other can of worms that I'm not even going to touch. Yeah, <laughs> and it can jump even farther now. And now it can <laughs> jump even farther. And so he tells the rabbit to jump and this poor rabbit gets yanked by like, you know, a string and a, and some guy off the off off screen yanks this rabbit and it yeah, just by flings. jump by jump we mean tossed. <laughs> tossed across the room. This poor rabbit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> At least they caught it. Yeah, no, it begs the question: Were any animals harmed in the making of this motion picture? <laughs> I think a lot of animals have been harmed in the making of this series. <laughs> it was a different time and place. Oh, again, pour one out for Dummy, the original one. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to pour one out for Cyberlepus? <laughs> for Cyberlepus, I don't know why. I that's. I'm just sticking with that name, Cyberlepus. <laughs> it is such a crazy. That sounds like I, a. That sounds like a. That actually sounds like a legit supervillain. <laughs> I laughed, like verbally out loud, laughed when that scene happened because it was just such a. I did not expect them to throw the rabbit across the room. <laughs> It caught me off guard too. (laughs) (laughs) And what was yours? What was your award? Oh, we're going back to us. The other thing that I mildly been mildly obsessed with on this show, crucifixions. (laughs) Yeah. This time, you know how we know, we know 
Oh, man, it's not just enough that we establish that Shocker is a pseudo-Nazi organization with their iconography and all of the other just countless horrible, horrible things. Oh, and the uniforms? <laughs> when we had a werewolf guy, I suddenly can't remember uh, can't remember his name. The Yeah, it, all, all of that stuff. Nope, nope, nope. They crucify children. One of the twin girls. They take yep. her into a cave. They have a tiny cross. Like, it's specially designed. So it's like they were prepared for this. They're like, we have these in storage. Just we in case these. we have to crucify children. We have tiny crosses in children's size, just in case. <laughs> just in case. I mean, come on. I'm just like, I think the ancient Romans are looking at that saying, guys, you're going too far. <laughs> okay. We perfected crucifixion. What are you doing? And so, so they then they tie then they tie her to this. But then, oh no, we can't just stop there. No, we can't stop with crucifying the child. No, we're going to play the "aha, you're going to die eventually" game because we're super villains and this is what we do. So we're gonna have Moldinga bits growing all around her. It's gonna be slowly creeping up to her feet so that it can eat her. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, okay, we get it, guys. We get it. <laughs> oh, oh man, it is gloriously thick. It is poured on gloriously thick, and I am here for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And with that, I think it's time we move on to minute to hinge it. <laughs> This is the part of the show where we give our final thoughts in on these episodes or film in one minute or less. Would you like to go first, Travis? Yes, I will. Uh, as Daisy is rubbing her face on my uh, equipment here. So if anybody's hearing any background noise, it's the cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's because she loves your mic. <laughs> she, she wants to give her opinion on the, the on the Futurama revival uh, coming to Hulu. <laughs> what? I didn't hear about this. Oh, what? oh, oh, yeah. No, no, no. We don't have time. Okay. Minute to hinge. We don't have time. We don't have time. We only have a minute. All right. Are you ready for this? Yes. All right. On your mark, get set, go. Yeah. Like I said, I think that uh, my favorite of the two episodes is the Slugzilla one, just because of how campy it is. The show is so campy at moments, and, and and that's why I love it. I love these old shows because of the campiness. But I think that they really amped up the campiness with that with that episode, and also the molding episode. These just these two were a lot of fun, a lot of joy. They just made me laugh. They made me, you know excited to be a common rider fan as i watched them well 35 seconds aren't you awesome you're putting the guys over at the drift space to shame <laughs> they can't even contain themselves to 50 seconds look at you all right on my mark get set go so despite not having watched these in a month and having to re-watch them I forgot how wonderfully entertaining these were, though for very different reasons. The Moldinga episode, genuinely terrifying at points. Slugzilla, hilarious at points. I mean, Cyberlepus. Need I say more? 
hyper lepus. But I do think that these are very good examples of what this show is. It's got a little bit more refinement compared to what we saw before. It's not quite the artsy, weird insanity of the first 13 episodes, but I think the show is starting to find a nice balance point from the different tones that it's experimented with over the course of its run. There you go. Just, just less mind control, please. Yes, please, please. No, it's just, we've had enough. We can move on to other things. And I know we do move on to other things. Next week's episode's going to have a bit of a theme. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a cold night in anyway. Hell? Uh, yeah, I wasn't going <laughs> to, well, I wasn't going to go there, <laughs> but okay. It's a cold night somewhere. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cold night in heck <laughs> when we get to next week's episode. <laughs> That's for sure. And with that, we want to say thank you for listening to the Henshin Men, a tokusatsu appreciation podcast. You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. You can listen to more of me on the Kaiju Weekly podcast and more of Nathan on the Monster Island Film Vault and the Power Trip podcast, which you can find as part of the Kaiju Ramen Media Podcasting Network. If you found some enjoyment from this podcast, consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. And until next time, what are we going to say, Nathan? Next time we go to a con, Travis, let's stay at the Henshin Inn.